podcast from Knit British, episode one. Hello, my name's Louise and welcome in. Thank you for joining me on what I hope will be the start of a new adventure for me and my blog. For those of you who don't know me, I have a blog at knitbritish.net and last year I decided that I was only going to knit in wool that had been sourced, grown, spun or dyed in the UK. You could read a bit more about why I'm on my blog, but the, really the idea sort of sprang forward, fully formed one day, and I really just grabbed it with both hands and, and went with it. Uh, I was the kind of person who, before this, didn't really take time to realise where the yarn came from that she knitted with. And then I realised, when I started Knit British, the absolute wealth of resources we have for knitting wool in our own country it's a no-brainer really for me. Obviously it's not 2013 anymore, it's 2014. Happy New Year. I'm still knitting British. I was so inspired by my adventure last year that um, I have to keep going. If you read my my blog on looking backwards and making plants, you'll see that I am still resolved to be knitting British in 2014. I do still have some stash that's non-British. Um, but this year I will only be buying from British producers where possible, from British yarn stores and sellers. I really do want to carry on supporting the production of wool and the industry in this country. I don't understand why we need to import so much when we have such a wealth on our doorstep. One of my plans for, for 2014 is this, podcasting. And there are some things I would like to have as regular features in podcasts to come, if this is not the only one. <laughs> but at the moment I have sort of more ideas than I have time to sit down and straighten them out. So um, at the moment I hope you'll bear with me and listen along and maybe give me a few tips and suggestions along the way. My aim is to um, talk net British. <laughs> um, uh, I will be endeavouring to do with this podcast which I do try to do on the blog and bring to you news also uh, recommend yarns and um, books and I love blogs, I love reading blogs but sometimes it's nice to put a voice to the words um, if you can put up with mine <laughs> so on this inaugural show I'm going to have a book review for you of the book Shetland Textiles 800 BC to Present. I'm going to tell you about my recent trip to Edinburgh and trip to uh, Be Inspired Fibres and followed by a lovely smoosh of the yarn that I bought there by Yarn Pony. I'm going to tell you about um, my Christmassy gifts and we'll finish up with Casting On, Casting Off and a little look at my whips and finished objects. Firstly, a little bit of news. For readers of the blog, you'll remember that last year I was uh, taking part in a British Wool Along, that's not easy to say, British Wool Along, on the Woolsack Forum on Ravelry. This was instigated by Mrs Woolsack herself, Jane, who had heard about what I was thinking to do with Knit British and thought it would be really good to sort of lay down the gauntlet to others and um, have a year-long cal, drop in, drop out, knit as much as you want, knit as little as you want, 
but only in British rule. We were a small group, um, but the people on the in the group there really embraced the challenge, and there are some lovely Finnish objects. And um, somebody on the forum had asked recently, was there going to be a challenge for 2014? So, if you're knitting anything in British wool, I would suggest that you join the group if you haven't already joined the wool slack group and get involved. It's easy. There's no deadlines. There's no pressure whatsoever. You can dip in and dip out as much as you want. You don't have to pledge to knit British for the whole year but if you are knitting in British wool we'd really love to to see it and we'd love if you tagged it um, Knit British 2014 and published a picture in the thread there. For those of you who read the blog you'll know that all of December I was running a giveaway to win a British wool stash of over one kilogram of British wool. Um, that closed on New Year's Eve and last night I got the lovely fella Clint to draw a winner from the hat. Clint is going to uh, draw the winner of the uh, stash giveaway to win a British wool stash. Can you hear? There are over a hundred entries in, mm-hmm. in the bag. Um, and you could enter by uh, leaving a comment uh, and then you could get extra entries for repinning and tweeting and subscribing to the blog. So, Clint, would you do the honours? Can you say how thrilled you are? I, I can see how thrilled I am. I am thrilled <laughs> to be finally invited into the recording studio. <laughs> <laughs> but so, be equally thrilled to be telling somebody that they've just won a wool stash. Yes. Uh, oh, oh. Give, give a good there. mix. Go it on. Is... Good mix, and it's it's Julia, Julia Duffield. Congratulations, Julia! You have Ooh. won um, one point, nearly one point five kilograms of British wool to start your stash for twenty fourteen. Well done! Congratulations. <laughs> Now, for Christmas, I was very lucky to have received a new book um, which came out in time for Shetland Wool Week and it's called Shetland Textiles 800 BC to the Present. It has a a pretty extensive look at the history of Shetland Textiles, as the title would suggest. There are chapters on the characteristics of Shetland sheep and wool, um, the earliest textiles, the first woven Shetland cloth to um, more recent tweed manufacture and of course there's a considerable amount on Fair Isle knitting and Shetland lace and the history of um, the industry within the Isles. As soon as I got this book out from the library, which is where I go for all my new books first, um, I knew I needed a copy of my own to keep forever. (laughs) The photography the you know the contemporary photography um, commissioned for the book as well as the archive um, images are just stunning. The pages, the paper feels like silk. Um, it's it's not only a joy to read, but it's a joy to hold. It's bursting with practical information, uh, essays, even poetry actually. And the, as I said, the images are just glorious and I know that every time I open it I'll get something different from it every time. Um, the particular standout pieces for me in this book is the essay um, by Lynn Abrams on gender work and textiles in the Shetland household which looks at how 
textile work was an absolute lifeline um, for women. And along to kind of complement that, there's also um, uh, an article in here on the truck system, which really exploited a lot of Shetland knitters, where they were making making garments for the merchant uh, and only being uh, paid in. Uh, goods to eat or um, fancy goods and uh, hardly ever seen a penny of money for what they'd made. I also really love the spotlight pieces on contemporary textile designers in Shetland such as um, Jimson Smith's Ella Gordon, um, uh, designer Donna Smith, also artist Roxanne Permar. Some create textiles, some use textiles and knit uh, motifs in their work. And I think it's really important to throw a spotlight on these local designers and artists and bring them to the attention of the world. Um, and I think that it's really lovely. They've done that in a really lovely and thoughtful way in this book. Again, I really adore the illustrations and the photographs. Um, one of my favourite um, illustrations, if, I, if you don't mind me flicking through the book here. I mean, some of the landscape and seascape pictures are just breathtaking. But some of my favourite um, are the colours and markings of the Shetland sheep. And this, um, I assume, is um, illustrated by Sue Russo. It's her name that's um, on this chapter. And there are over 60 different uh, facial and um, markings and body colourings, fleece colourings on um, the Shetland sheep um, and that really is just a lovely addition to the book as well and again as I was saying about the archive pictures are just beautiful and there's a picture here and the picture is of a woman's vest in very fine spun Shetland wool with a lace pattern trim circa mid late 1930s I will have to see if I can find a copy of this online to link to it is the most, well, for 1930s, I would say that this is a really quite, not racy, but certainly um, seductive piece of knitwear to wear next to your skin. Um, the There are ribbon straps and um, the front of the vest um, top part, which would cover, well, let's just say it wouldn't leave much to the imagination. There is such exquisite um, fine lace work um, it, it's really something to behold and it, sometimes you find that um, when people had to knit for a merchant or knit um, basically subsistence knitting you know knitting to um, add to your income it was Shetland socks um, jumpers, gloves. This, to me, is a very intimate piece of apparel. To me, this is something, a very personal knitted item that I think the lady has knitted for herself. And and in a lot of um, the knit, knitting industry in Shetland, women knitted to, as I said, to, to make a living and very seldom did you hear of people knitting for pleasure. Um, but I think... I would like to think then that this item was knitted for someone's own pleasure, shall we say. But just stunning, stunning photography and stunning items and a really, a really stunning book. And I'm going to, to treasure this. And I, as I said, when I got it from the library, I knew that I needed to have my own copy.
to sort of pour over and I asked we don't my mum and sister and I don't do big, you know big Christmas presents anymore but I did say to them could they club together and get me this book and I would be eternally grateful and they did and I am um, and I just kind of pick it up every now and again and stroke, stroke the pages um, it's um, going to be of interest to anybody who has an interest in um, the history and also the future I think of wool and textiles anybody who has a love of Shetland knitwear is going to find a real interest in this book um, and I would say that Really, it would be a beautiful addition to anybody's library, but um, particularly if you have an interest in, in textiles and knitwear from Shetland. It's published by Shetland Immunity Trust, um, and it's available in paperback and hardback, and I'll put the links uh, on the uh, website. And it's priced from £25 to £35. And again, it's an absolute treasure to my knitting library. Last month, the lovely Phil and I took a trip to Edinburgh. I was born and brought up in Shetland, but I lived in Edinburgh for well over 10 years, and so it's, I think about it as my home too, and um, quite often I need to get little regular fixes. <laughs> it was really fortuitous that when we were down, Mika from Yarn Pony was having a trunk show. I met Mika along with Joe and Linda, the co-organisers of the Edinburgh Yarn Festival in March, uh, last year and I couldn't get near her stall I mean for anybody that was at the Edinburgh Yarn Festival you'll know how everybody was pretty much shoulder to shoulder in the out of the blue drill hall Mika is a dyer um, I should mention and I could not get near her stall at all the nearest I got was seeing this lovely sort of jeweled lustrous shine <laughs> coming from her stall so I was really excited that um, she was having a trunk show and I got to pay a visit. The trunk show was at Be Inspired Fibres, which is a newish shop in Edinburgh, located in Marchmont Road. I have to say, having dragged the lovely fella around Edinburgh's craft fairs and um, makers markets that day, he was very patient and didn't complain once, even when I said, oh, by the way, there's a yarn trunk show that I want to go and visit. So whilst I excitedly poured over the merchandise and chatted with... Mika and the shop owner, May. Clint took some photos around the shop and tried not to look too bored. God love him. It was lovely to meet May. She's evidently a huge lover of yarn and has something for every yarn connoisseur under the sun from Cascade to Habu, Shellstair, Malabrigo, Lopi, Fibre Spates. And there was actually a few brands I haven't heard of, such as Lotus Yarns, which... Uh, our luxury yarns with cashmere or yak and there were also there was also a brand called Ito Sensei which I hadn't heard of either. The shop is really bright and light and there's a real come in and have a smoosh feel and that's really thanks to May and her kind welcoming manner. I know if I lived in Edinburgh it would be a regular haunt. May also holds classes, so if you're in Edinburgh or around Edinburgh, keep an eye out on her blog for those. The next one is on Sunday the 19th of January, and it's first of a two-part colour knitting workshop with Jo Kelly. If that's your kind of thing, then um, you can find out the details on her blog. I know if I was in Edinburgh at the moment, that's definitely what I would be going for, because as you'll find out, me and Fair Isle don't get on very well at all.
It's lovely to see another yarn shop in Edinburgh because when I lived there, there was a real drought. There was there was the haberdashery department um, in Jenner's and there's always John Lewis, but there wasn't a local yarn store really. And now I'm so pleased to say that there are quite a few. Be Inspired Fibres um, is one of the new kids on the block, as well as Ginger Twist Studio on London Road. Um, I follow Jess on Twitter and she seems a really lovely, lovely lassie. I can't wait to go and visit. We actually passed it um, on the bus when we were in Edinburgh. I wasn't quite sure where in London Road it was. And we were heading out to see the great tapestry of Scotland and we passed it and I saw it on the way back and so I definitely want to pop in and see her the next time I'm in Edinburgh and she carries Cascade yarns and New Lanark yarns and King Cole and she always has a a sort of a, a yarn of the month or designer of the month and as I say I was really excited when I saw the shop when we when we went past it uh, I was just sorry we didn't have time to go in. Cathy's Knits is another um lovely shop in Edinburgh at Broughton Street. It's a basement shop but it's lovely and bright and airy and Cathy really likes to promote British yarns and uh, uh, producers and so she's got some new Lanark, um, Rennie's wool, I think she also has some Jeanette Sloan um, wool. She also has lots of patterns um, she keeps a lot of us all the Teague patterns and um, Kate Davis and she's got a lovely area where you can sit down and kind of pour over magazines and patterns and she's really chatty and it's a lovely shop to visit. But back to um, my yarn pony purchases. It was really difficult to choose actually. Mika dyes these these colours are so attractive. There's It's really hard to describe. There are flecks of light in them that are just they really pull you in. She had quite a few different bases, but I thought I would go for, well, this is me that's on a yarn diet, but um, I think because uh, for the purposes of um, telling you lovely listeners all about it, I thought I'd better get two. <laughs> that's my excuse, okay? So I got some Highland Pony uh, Sport in the colour Toffee Cinder, um, and I got some of the Mustang which is 100% merino in sycamore. The Mustang, I got a big skein, which is 600 metres. And when I say about the, those colours pulling you in, oh, I just feel like I dive right into this. There, it's um, it's called sycamore, it's green, but that's a pathetic description because it's the variations of colour go from a sort of very light yellowy sage um, to a very, very deep almost forest green in places. When I saw the big yarn, I thought that would be uh, make a nice... Uh, I did think about it for an ishbel, actually, because I made my sister an ishbel, and I made it slightly bigger, and I loved it. It was my first triangular shawl, and I knitted it in um, Ripple's Crafts. It was in Winter Seas uh, colourway, and it was the Tweedy Blue Face Lester with the Tweedy Neps. And I loved it, and I and she gets so many compliments on it, and I wanted it, and I knitted it for myself. And as soon as I saw it knitted, I thought, no, I have to give that as a gift, and I knew she would really appreciate it. So, this um, Mustang Sycamore would be would be a great Ishbel. And then, just before Christmas, Isolda announced the her first ever mystery knit along, um, which is called Follow Your Arrow. And if you sign up, um, you get the first set of instructions. I think it's on the 13th of January. And there are options for 
one colour or two colour. And I have never knitted a two colour shawl before. I think the recommended yardage meterage for the one colour shawl is 650 metres and my Mustang is only 600 metres. But I've never knitted a two colour shawl before and so I thought that I might see if I could find a skein of something nice to go along to go alongside the sycamore. I could have just spent hundreds of pounds at Mika's show. Um, the Highland Pony Sport weight is 50% Suri Alpaca and 50% Merino. The colour is just as sumptuous and it feels, it, I mean the colour toffee cinder you'd expect it to be. It's really warm, toffee, ochre, honey colour, um, treacly even. There's just nuances of all these colours in there. It's, and it's really deep. You know, again, it's a colour that you just feel like it's got so much depth you could really just jump right in there. I did very little gift knitting this Christmas, which was actually not intentional. Um, I did plan to do lots of knitting for people, but I didn't. <laughs> but seeing as I had little on the pins, I asked my friend if she needed anything uh, knitted for her, because she has a job where she works outside a lot of the time. And so she asked for a cowl, and I knew this yarn would just be an absolutely perfect um, for a cowl. Coincidentally, at the same time as I bought, the same weekend that I bought this yarn, Tin Can Knits published Gather, which is a hat and cowl pattern. Um, and I thought that the subtle semi-solid collars would work really well um, in the smocked pattern. I've never done smocking before, and it's something that always looks really intricate and really difficult to do. But do you know what? It is so simple, so simple. And it's, it's a hugely enjoyable pattern, actually. You're basically just a ribbon, and then uh, when you want to gather the stitches, you insert, insert the needle in the appropriate place, and you draw a loop, um, and you add it onto your left-hand needle, and you knit it with the first stitch, and that creates the smock. It's really, really satisfying, and it's a, such a quick knit. I adjusted my needle size as my wool was different from uh, recommended, um, and I actually knitted the child size of the cowl because... Mav likes um, a closer fitting cowl. If you read the blog you'll know that I'm quite a big fan of Tin Can Knits, um, so please do check them out. They design garments that knitters want to knit and actually want to wear, which when you think about it the two things are not always mutually exclusive. Mutually exclusive. If you look at my blog post, um, Looking Forward and Making Plans, and you look at my gallery of things that I knitted last year, a huge number of things huge number of the patterns are Tin Can Knits patterns. They continually come out with things that that are just really beautiful knits and, and they make things that look quite difficult actually very easy. As I say, I like this smocking and it's so simple and, and you can do it in front of the TV. <laughs> um, and so the finished uh, cowl is lovely. I should call it honeycomb because that's what it looks like. The colour is toffee. The smocking pattern looks like honeycomb. Um, I'm really, really pleased with it. It was a lovely quick knit and actually I wish I knitted one for myself. I'm toying with the idea of doing one for myself. So that will be winging its way to my friend Mavra for her birthday at the end of January. So that is my Yarn Pony yarn and you can visit Mika's website which is yarnpony.wordpress.com to find out more information about her yarn and if you sign up to her newsletter you'll also be the first to hear about her yarn dye workshops so do check it out
As I mentioned, the um, Shetland textiles, 800 BC to the present, was a lovely Christmas gift. And I did really bloomin' well. Or should I say my family and fella did really bloomin' well at the, uh, buying my presents this Christmas. I was spoilt. Totally and utterly spoilt. Um, Books-wise, I received Deborah Newton's Finishing School, which I know I'm going to get a lot out of. I am a knitter who knits seamlessly because they don't like sewing up. And it's not that I don't like sewing, making things up, I just find it really difficult to maintain. If it's a large garment, by which I mean a sweater or a cardigan, I start in one place, in the place that I'm supposed to start, and, and I end up veering off and seams become bunched and puckered. And um, I've just never had much luck at all. So I know that the finishing school is going to be really um, helpful. I am quite a lazy knitter, that has to be said, but it doesn't stop me from wanting to know how um, to do uh, things like bust darts and exciting things that other knitters do that always seems just a little bit like too much hard work for me. I also received Knitting in Icelandic Wool by Vidas Jonas Daughter. I hope I said that correctly, which I was absolutely thrilled to get. Of course it was on my wish list, but I was really thrilled to get it nonetheless. There are 55 patterns in this book. It's a lovely big hardback book. And um, I had knitted um, Vidas Jonas Daughter's pattern after, um, although I had changed the yoke pattern. Um, and I, in knitting the pattern, I, I was struck by how it was, it was a nice and simple pattern. But simple as in um, there were, you know, it was just basic instructions, which I suppose could put some people off if they're an experienced knitter. But for me, it was, I think it was my only, only my second um, sweater. Um, so for me it was brilliant and the, and the patterns in the book are very similar, um, simple instructions really. The other thing that I really love about this book is there's a lovely history and introduction to wool and um, knitted textiles in Iceland. Um, there's a bit of history about um, the Lopi um, factory and um, about the Istex designs and it's a, it's a really lovely book. Again, it's one that I have picked up numerous times since I got it and sort of flicked through the pages and, you know, there are lots of patterns in there that I know that I will want to add to my queue and knit. I, they're all in Icelandic names, of course, so if I mispronounce them, I'm really sorry. <laughs> um, but I really love the Klokka dress and the, I think it's Midia um, dress. If you're on Ravelry, you can um, go to the, the pattern book page um, and, and and have a look at the patterns. There are some really lovely designs, some which have been were designed, you know, in the 60s, which are still popular today and being knitted today. There's, it's a lovely book. I'm, I'm really pleased with that one. Another present that I received from the lovely fellow, a subscription to Molly Makes, which, for those of you who don't know, is a sort of all-round craft magazine. I mean, regularly it has a, a free pattern on the on the front, um, but it will have a knitwear pattern, a crochet pattern, something to sew, um, lots of lovely little ideas, um, and some really nice spotlights on designers uh, and um, 
uh, local craft shops and it's a really lovely magazine. I have never been able to get it in Shetland. That's just one of the problems of maybe living a bit remotely, um, that uh, these things sort of go under the radar of our local newsagents. But I always would pick up a copy in in the airports and um, the last couple of times that we were away I wasn't able to find it. And so obviously the lovely fellow was remembering this and got me a subscription which was really nice. So. So yes, that's lovely. So I, I shall look forward to that coming through the, the box, letterbox, um, every month. I haven't had a magazine subscription for a long time. The last one I had was uh, Yarn Forward, which is sadly uh, no more. Uh, previously Yarn Wise and, and peppered with lots of uh, problems, as most knitters and crafters will know. So let's say no more about that. What else did I get in my Santa sack? I got some um, some lovely Hayward um, wool from John Arbin uh, in Blackberry. I had got the John Arbin catalogue and um, himself had said, was there anything that I particularly wanted? And so I just circled a few things and told him to choose his own, choose whichever colours he wanted. And he did really well. He got me a skein of Hayward, um, which is a, a merino wool and it's... Um, uh, a lovely um, pinky purple colour with uh, twisted with a ply of of undyed I think and it's it's lovely and he he also got me some Borere yarn um, which I have to say I was quite impressed about he must have been listening to me this last year when I, all I've talked about is rare sheep breeds and <laughs> breed specific yarns and and things. Uh, it seems hand spun, it's quite a rustic spun wool. Um, but didn't he do well, really, you know, uh, getting me some, some uh, rare breed yarn and also um, choosing well from the John Arbin catalogue. I'm really, really quite pleased with that. I don't know what I'll make with my um, Hayward. I, I'm trying with the idea of making myself a gather. Um, that I talked about earlier. So um, it's a lovely DK. It's really, really smooshy. It's not the Falkland Merino. It's um, I'm assuming it's non-British, um, but that's okay because, as we mentioned, I um, I'm still supporting uh, Brit British uh, wool and wool growers and wool sellers and wool dyers um, as much as I possibly can. Um, so I'm not going to feel guilty. I I sort of do sometimes when I think about knitting with something that isn't strictly British, but. Uh, it's come from John Arbin. John Arbin's are a mill, um, and uh, by knitting with their wool, I'm supporting the uh, industry some somewhat uh, in Britain. So hooray for that! I'm, I'm missing out some things because I don't have the pile next to me um, or my list. Um, but I got lots of lovely books, some lovely yarn. I oh, I know what I didn't tell you. I got a yarn ball. I am the proud owner of a sage-coloured yarn ball from Little Round Pottery, who I'd mentioned on the blog uh, some time ago um, when I did my Christmas gift guide. And um, the lovely fellow must have been listening again, or reading, um, because he did me he did me proud, really. Uh, I'm really touched by the things that he got me for Christmas. And and, and that is it's lovely. I always think a wool bow is something that's really practical but really pretty to look at too. Um, and so it's sitting on my coffee table at the moment with my um, Hayward and the Borre in it. Um, but I haven't used it yet, but um, it's still serving its purpose. <laughs> As I say, I feel thoroughly spoiled. Thoroughly, thoroughly spoiled. I'm a big fan of pattern books anyway. Um, I know I'll never knit all the things. 
I may want to knit all the things, but <laughs> I sometimes get overwhelmed with that feeling of I must knit and cast on all the things. I think we all have that feeling sometimes, but um, but I think pattern books are works of art. But not only are these books full of beautiful patterns and beautiful pictures and um, practical information, you know, they're, they're, they really are something that you can pour over and return to. And I, as I say, I know I'll never knit all the things, um, but I will always have these books and they're they're my works of art and they're my my library and I love them. Another couple of books that I um, forgot to mention there were I also got Alice Starmore's um, Fair Isle Knitting book, which is brilliant because Fair Isle Knitting and I have not got on. We've not been the best of friends. I've tried to get to know Fair Isle Knitting. Fair Isle Knitting has let me down, um, or I have let Fair Isle Knitting down. I'm not quite sure which way, but nevertheless, I, I don't like to be... Um, beaten by something or feel that I can't do something and I always mean to return to it. The, the problem for me is tension. I, I don't know and I don't know what to do with the wool. Do I cross it? Do I carry it over? Do I leave it hanging? You know, I, I, so I probably will take a class, a colour work class at some point. But having the books um, is really important and I think the Alice Darmore one is a bit of a classic so yes. Louise does fair owl knitting um, soon, one day soon. Watch this space. Cast on, cast off. Well, I have been doing very little gift knitting this Christmas, so there's been no frenzied knitting recently at all. I cast off a second version of uh, Carrie Westerman's Hoxner from the Doggerland collection. It was my second attempt at the um, shawl and second attempt at using lace weight wool ever. Lace weight um, is one of these yarns that a lot of knitters sort of back away from <laughs> very slowly. Um, but I have to say that it's not actually all that scary. I, the first time I knit um, Hoxna, I used Shetland Organics, Shetland Black uh, lace weight wool, and I used the only needles I had for that the the gauge were um, metal uh, ones, and I have to say I spent a very long time trying to wrangle the yarn on the slippy metal needles, because Shetland yarn is is a very sheepy yarn of course, and it does prefer a wooden needle. I have to say it's much easier to knit. Shetland wool with wooden needles, I find. Um, so, the first Hoxna. Oxna, Hoxna. I call it Oxna because there's an island off Scalawa where I stay um, called Oxna, O-X-N-A. Uh, uninhabited island. The other um, shawl from Doggerland that I knit, the Ronius, I hope I pronounced that correctly, shawl, um, I called Ronus because there's a hill in Shetland called Ronus Hill. So, sometimes I do things like that. <laughs> Um, but the first Hawksna that I knitted, as I said, I spent a long time fiddling. It was a fiddly knit for me. Um, and really, to me, knit, my first experience of knitting lace weight wool um, on metal needles was a bit like trying to eat, learn to eat spaghetti for the first time. <laughs> it was a bit of a mess. I slightly 
um, it's slightly shorter than the pattern because I wanted to try and knit it in one skein of the uh, one cake of the Shetland Organics um, and yeah there are <laughs> there are a few holes where there probably shouldn't be holes I really actually love this it's a bit shabby chic um, as I say there's there's some places that there's a hole where there isn't meant to be a hole but I sort of like it sort of I sort of I like when things aren't perfect I think none of us are perfect and I like to to show that things are handmade by knowing that there's a little extra hole where there shouldn't be one or there's an extra stitch where there shouldn't be one or I think while there are some beautifully flawless knits I'm never going to be a flawless knitter you might not always see where I've made a flaw but I will always know and I sort of like that the Hoxna pattern is um, inspired by flint. Uh, it's a semi-circular sh uh, shawl. Uh, the second uh, version of it I knitted in BFL um, from that was spun uh, for Laura's loom. It's lovely and soft. It's single ply. I got on much better this time. I have to say um, the the BFL and the wooden needles. I just seem to manage the the lace weight so much better this time. I, I don't like to be beaten by things, so th not that the pattern beat me. Um, I must stress that the pattern is so well written, easy to follow, it's charted and written, um, and I can't fault that in the slightest. The reason I knit two of this was because I really loved the pattern, um, but mostly because I wanted to try it again in the lace weight with different needles um, and a different, um, a different yarn to see how I got on. I've discussed Carrie Westman's collection Doggerland on the blog before. I love it. It's inspired by archaeological finds and investigates the connections between geographical and personal landscapes. And I just think it's an amazing project and she should be so proud of it. Each pattern is accompanied by an essay on the find or the landscape that it's inspired by and and to me I, I just find it so I find it so inspirational to to read about a designer's own inspiration in creating a piece and you know also making the knitter think beyond the pattern which I think is really is really important. So that's recently cast offs um, and as I mentioned I cast I have recently cast off the gather cowl um, cast on just before Christmas I I knit a few squares for my um, collection of as yet to be decided uh, the future of squares project I wanted to use up every scrap of wool that I use this year um, and so whichever size square I could manage out of my odds and ends I would knit one and keep them all together uh, and then decide to do something with them at some point um, on Boxing Day I was suddenly acutely aware that I didn't have anything on the pins at all not one thing, not, not a square, nothing there was nothing on the pins anywhere near me <laughs> so um, because recently it's been quite small knits and also because I found out that I am to be an aunt again in June I cast on a blanket but I kind of wanted to stay away from the traditional baby blanket. I cast on uh, Andrea Rangel's tree rings from uh, Brooklyn Tweed's Woo People 6. Um, 
it's uh, a variation of Elizabeth Zimmerman's pie uh, shawl, but instead of uh, being knit in lace in a lace weight yarn, um, it's knit in worsted um, or aran, and um, this sort of star shape emerges in the middle, and then um, you begin. Uh, uh, left twisted stitches and then uh, right twisted stitch pattern to make a chevron um, uh, style um, and it grows outwards and it's it's so pleasing um, and I just love this pattern I'm absolutely I absolutely adore knitting it I say I'm about I'm about halfway through I'm knitting it with um, because it's for a baby um, I thought and I because my, I know my sister would hate. Um, me to add to the hand washing pile this is being knit in Woolcraft 60% British wool um, which you buy in those ginormous skeins I think, I think, I think it's about 1000 metres per ball um, so the two balls are going to make this um, pattern no problem, it's going to be quite big I've realised um, and maybe too big for a baby, maybe just big enough for Louise's bed. <laughs> Maybe that's just because I I love it so much. You know, I could I could cast it off at an appropriate place to make it into a baby sized blanket. But I just know from <laughs> the way that this has gone that I will want to knit another one. So if this one is for um niece or new niece or nephew um coming soon in June twenty fourteen I'll be soon knitting another one for myself, for my own bed, um, or back of the sofa, because it's a lovely pattern and it's so, so pleasing to watch that pattern form. I'm also toying with the idea of casting on some socks. Now, I am a novice sock knitter. I've only knit one sock so far, well, one and a half. Uh, and I've nearly finished the rye socks um, by by Tinka Knits. So I actually lied on Boxing Day. I didn't, I forgot about that sock. There is the second sock. I do know second sock syndrome now. I know what you talk about, you sock knitters. So I do have about two thirds of the sock to go, let's say. Um, but I recently bought uh, Claire Devine's uh, Sock Anatomy after a review on the lovely Louise's podcast at Caithness Craft. These socks are for little feet and so it will be another nice um, niece or nephew knit but I, I, I mean I haven't I haven't I, I haven't read the book in great detail yet I've just skimmed it but it it's really lovely it, for, for somebody like me because it breaks down sock knitting and it's just the kind of how-to manual I need because I've heard I, I've heard terms such as afterthought heel and things like that that I uh, in conversation where I've just nodded and smiled and pretended that I know what they're talking about when I haven't. So this is going to be brilliant. And also, as I say, I can, you know, these little socks, I think, will just fly off the needles. So um, so I, I'm toying with the idea of that. But really, at the moment, I'm going to concentrate on the tree rings blanket, I think. <laughs> So that's about it for one episode, I think. I hope I haven't put you all off from listening to further episodes, if there should be any. You can always find me at knitbritish.net. You'll also find me on Ravelry as Lyra, L-E-I-R-A. I I tweet um, as Louise B. Scully, S-C-O-L-L-A-Y. And I'm also on Pinterest, so please do um, say hello. 
till next time, it just remains for me to thank you for listening. I'd also like to give a big uh, shout out to Louise Hunt at Caithness Craft Collective because and she was the first person I, I spoke to about wanting to do this um, and how to go about it and she's lovely and if you don't listen to her podcast you really should. The music was I'll Be Over You by Andy McKee and you can find that on musicalley.com. Information is on the website. So thanks again for listening and hopefully see you again soon. Bye now. <laughs>